Hey, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Minor, well, Minority Mindset. I'm actually going to switch it back over to Minor to Major. I just want to make sure that I'm consistent across all platforms. So everywhere you can find me, it's Minor to Major. So welcome to Minor to Major, the podcast where we focus on impacting the mindsets of minorities because, hey, listen, I believe if we change the mindset, we can change behavior and ultimately change the cultural values in our communities. Today, I'll be talking about Black Americans being incarcerated at nearly five times as much as white Americans. I'll be referencing from a CNN article released on October 13, 2021 by uh, Christina Garrega. That is C as in Charlie, A-R-R-E-G as in girl, A. Christina Garrega. And so, uh, you know, I've got my point of view on, you know, the whole black and Hispanics are, are incarcerated at higher rates than uh, white Americans. And I'll definitely get into that after this break. Hi, everybody. Just a friendly reminder that I do have a book out. It's available for you on my website, www.minortomajortx. And the significance of that book is for you all to spend quality time with your children. Process the chapters. Each and every one of those pages, I want you to process what you read with the kid. Be ready to be open-minded and listen to their perspective and their opinions. Receive it and give a non-judgmental feedback about your opinions and your thoughts as well. Look, minor to major starts with the mindset. Let's help our young kids, our young people Uh, develop into young productive human beings and save them from these risky sexual behaviors, violent crimes and tendencies in prison incarceration. Let's get it. Now, uh, we're back. And so uh, first, allow me to set the stage, okay? Allow me... Uh, first and foremost, allow me to first talk about why I choose to highlight Black and Hispanic communities with an emphasis on Black people in the States, because we are overpopulating prisons in alarming rates and, and have been for a while. That's why. That is why. Well, it's not just because uh, that's I'm just really passionate. It's all I care about is Black, Black and Black power and Black, Black. No, it's because that I, I'm more focused on stopping the imprisonment of uh, Black people in our community. That's why. That is why. I want to slow down those rates. I want to stop uh, people from going to prison. And who is most likely to go to prison? Blacks and Hispanics. We're overcrowding these, pop, these, these prison populations. We're overcrowding. Um, because of we are over, uh, overpopulating them at, a, at alarming. So a lot of people don't understand that his uh, black people lead the nation, not only in just prison populations, but in mental health issues in general. Mental health diagnosis, black people lead. And we can talk, oh, the white man is pencil whipping us. Absolutely not. If you think about it with the oppression, with all the crisis uh, of us uh, being in poverty, like we have lots to be depressed and sad about because, you know, after all, we are uh, at a disadvantage. But that's not an excuse not to succeed. Um, These numbers have actually 
uh, started declining in the prison. To be honest with you, these uh, the incarceration rates have have really declined significantly in the past ten years. But we are being incarcerated. Black people are being incarcerated at a significantly higher rate than other ethnicities, um, us and Hispanics. So let me read this article to you. It's about four or five uh, minutes long. So buckle up, put your seatbelt on, just listen. Uh, my 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 short cast is typically under thirty minutes, and so if you uh, will just allow me, give me the grace to go ahead and share this with you. Black Americans are incarcerated at nearly five times the rate of whites. New report on state prison fines. Fines. Um, the report found that one in 81 black adults per 100,000 people in the United States is serving time in state prison. Using data and projections from recent years from the U.S. Census, the U.S. Bureau of Justice Statistics and information provided directly from some states. Truly meaningful reforms to the criminal justice system cannot be accomplished without acknowledgement of its racist underpinning. Ashley Nellis, a senior research analysis for uh, the Sentencing Project, wrote in the report, immediate and focused attention on the causes and consequences of racial disparities is required in order to eliminate them. The report released on Wednesday found staggering disproportionalities among the rates of incarcerated incarceration of blacks and Latina Latinx people compared to whites. In 12 states, more than half of the prison population is black. In 12 states, more than half of the prison population is black. And Latinx individuals are incarcerated in state prisons at the rate of 1.3 times the incarceration rate of white people. The sentencing project found that Wisconsin leads the country with the highest rate of black inmates. What, what are black people doing in Wisconsin? I don't know enough about the state. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm ignorant about the state of Wisconsin, but I, mean, I just don't know why we're there unless we're going to the University of Wisconsin playing football. Unfortunately, that, that would be the only reason why I see black people up there. One in every 36 black Wisconsin Knights are in prison according to this report. A separate analysis from the Prison Policy Initiative gave the state a failing grade for overcrowding their adult correctional facilities during the pandemic. A 2013 study by the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee Employment and Training Institute found that half of the young black men from Milwaukee County were in state prison. Hawaii. The state with the lowest black-to-white disparity still imprisons black at more than two times the rate of whites, according to the report. Now, Nellis proposed three recommendations to address the racial disparities. Those recommendations include eliminating mandatory sentences for all criminals. So we're talking about solutions, requiring racial impact statements to calculate the impact of proposed crime legislation on different populations and repeal existing racially biased laws. They're out there, they exist. And decriminalizing low-level drug offenses. Talk about marijuana most likely. There are three recurrent explanations for racial disparities disparities emerged from dozens of studies on the topic. A painful and enduring legacy of racial subordination, biased policies and practices that create or exasperate disparities and structural disadvantages that perpetuate disparities, according to the report. 
While chronic racial and ethnic disparity and imprisonment has been a uh, known feature of the prison system for many decades, there has been little adjustment to policy or practices. Talk about laws. Talk about uh, police and judges, the system, inside or outside the justice system, to address these patterns directly. That was fun. We're almost to the end there. Just stick with me. Okay, y'all. Some elected prosecutors across the country have created their own policies to prevent mass incarceration by eliminating eliminating cash bail and by not prosecuting low-level amounts of marijuana and low-level nonviolent crimes like uh, loitering, trespassing. Nine states have decreased their prison population by 30% or more in recent years. Alaska, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, Alabama, Rhode Island, Vermont, Hawaii, and California, according to the report. Now, there's a lot to be said about that. A lot to be said. Um, But what I heard from that article was racial bias, racism, the system, and their policies. And I hear that a lot. Now, although I do agree with a lot of the content that was in there, there's more to add to that as far as the oppression from the system. But we we fail to take responsibility in our own community. This bothers me so much. So much it bothers me. We don't take responsibility for our own. What does it mean to have a village? What does it mean to have a village? A tribe. What does that mean? Okay, uh, I'm, I'm about to get on my soap. I'm about to start ranting. So let me, let me kind of get back on topic. I'm going to bring it back. Now, here's my disconnect on this whole situation. I, I, me as a black man will, will no longer blame the system. I was, I was sucked in. I, I, I was a part of the system. I got sentenced to five years. I stayed. I served day for day for that on that sentence. But I refuse to blame the system for any of my community's issues. Moving forward, in the past, they played a huge part. Yeah, they dropped dope in in our neighborhoods in in the 80s. Yeah, with the whole child welfare, if you've got a man living in the home, you can't receive them. Yeah, there's so many different types of ways that the system has impacted us to to the point to where we have been impoverished. uh, we continue to stay at the bottom of the barrel, but there's so many opportunities out here. You cannot give me those excuses any longer. No doubt that we are underprivileged and we are the underdog. People in general, in general, not just black people, people in general love to point the finger when shit goes wrong. Who is responsible for this? And uh, how did this get all started? And, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. What are we going to do to fix the issues? What can you do in your capacity to make a difference? What can you do in your position in the community, in the workplace, in the home to stop black people from killing black people? You know, that's funny. It's funny to me. It's, it's interesting. I'm not going to say that because, you know, the play on words, people run it. But it's interesting to me that how we can say uh, we're poor. Uh, we live in destitute uh, situations and we're just trying to get in how we live. And so because we have been forced because of oppression in the system, 
uh, to live in these conditions. This is why we have to rob, steal, and kill and shoot each other uh, to get ahead. There is something that we can do. We glorify selling dope. Uh, you get money hustling. You see that our music and culture. We glorify crime and using drugs, drinking weed, smoking weed, selling drugs, killing, assaulting each other, and then blame the system for giving us more time than the white man. We must stop blaming people for the behaviors and start talking about solutions. Okay? Stop pointing the finger. Let's stop it. Let's talk about solutions. So whether you agree with me or disagree, at this point it doesn't matter because there's a young man about to get killed tonight in Houston, Texas over some bullshit. People are quick to blame the parents in so many cases. And in many cases, parents are, are really could do better. They're not doing as well. They're failing in the home. Listen, you want to fuss and you want to argue and you want to fight about the milk that has already been spilled? Or do you want to clean up the mess before it gets worse? I mean, I believe that, you know, the milk that is spilled, we can still save some that is still in that, that carton, in that, in that gallon. Because while you, when you out pointing fingers and getting angry and fussing and fighting, the mess is only getting worse if we don't find quick solutions, if we don't find long-term solutions and we start putting boots on the ground, we start acting. Allow me to tell you a story. Real quick, I'm, I'm about to tell you about an experience I had with a guest speaker, Charles, Charleston Wilson, uh, co-owner of Exotic Pop right here in Houston, Texas. Now, a lot of you don't know what Exotic Pop is, who Exotic Pop is, the brand Exotic Pop. Google it. Go on Instagram. Look at their page. See what they do. Exotic Pop. While you're listening to me and my story right now, go ahead and look up Exotic Pop. Story time. Charleston Wilson, uh, he is a, a co-owner of uh, this uh, this company, Exotic Pop, doing extremely well, extremely successful. Very happy uh, to have met the man. And um, so anyways, I invited him out to a community youth group that I host one time a month here in Houston for free. And so I'll give you a little bit of background. I've been kind of frustrated uh, spinning my wheels trying to get out to these streets and knock on doors and pass out flyers and do whatever I can to save our kids. But our kids are not showing up to the, the services, the free services that I have to offer. They're not showing up. And so even when I, I invite this millionaire to come out and speak life into these kids, uh, I only had less than five kids show up at the pop-up at, at this event. And it's extremely frustrating when you pour so much out into the community and, and you see very little return. But little, it, it, it's, it's, only, uh, it's only a matter of perspective. And so I had spoke to my mom and she had told me that uh, you need to be grateful for the souls that did it. You need to be grateful. See, you're not, you're not happy. You're not grateful for the souls that were, that did show up. And so uh, I overlooked, I wanted the numbers. I wanted the numbers instead of focusing on the impact. And so I thank you for that, mom. So anyways, Charleston popped up at the, at the, uh, the event, right? And so he pulls up in this Corvette, ice white, 
uh, fairly late model. You can tell uh, within the past three years, Corvette. And so he pulls up with this Corvette and he's out there in the parking lot. I saw him pull up. I said, oh, dang, he's here. I only had about, maybe I had about, there was only three cars in the parking lot before he showed up. And so here I am hosting this event. Got this millionaire show up. He's got his assistant drive, drive him up here. Uh, one of his team members, I should say, drive him up here. And nobody is here. Well, I have one kid inside the church. And so I was more than embarrassed. I was disappointed. And so I said, man, I waited about five minutes after the time it started. And I said, man, I got to confront this guy. So I walk out there to the car. I start walking towards him. And, uh, I say, hey, man, uh, what's up? My name is Jeremiah Rankins, my name is Major. Uh, he said, what's up? Charleston Wilson, this is my Nice to meet the both of you. I said, man, I'm not even gonna lie to you, bro. Like, uh, <laughs> it's looking pretty weak right now. I don't know what. I start making excuses. I don't know what type of events have, uh, have are happening out here in the community today. Uh, what's going on? There was a George Floyd, Floyd George Floyd march in Third Ward. That was a huge event. Uh, he told me it was beautiful. He was there before he came to my event. Uh, but uh, there were some other events that were happening, but. You know, kids didn't show up. I said, so So listen, I got one kid in there right now. Uh, I got about three or four there on the way. I'm lying. Lying. I was lying. I had two moms that confirmed, hey, we on the way. They was running late. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I had one kid inside. And so he has this look on his face, and he's looking at me crazy. And he said, man, hey, look, man, it, it, it don't even matter whether there's one kid or 15 kids. Each one teach one, man. Let's go save a life, man. Where's he at? Let's go. And that attitude brought me to tears. Every time I tell that story, this is about my fourth time telling that story, it brings me to tears because it's the passion that I have for saving these kids. And if I go door to door to door to door, apartment complex, dumpsters, I'm leaving flyers by the dumpsters because everybody got to throw away trash, right? So I'm hoping they see my flyer as they throw away trash. Look, y'all, I'm so dedicated to this cause. And so when he spoke those words to me, it gave me life. It gave me motivation to continue doing what I'm doing because um, it was just so powerful to hear it coming from someone else, let alone someone with his type of influence. And that was the title of today uh, of, of Saturday's group influence who are you allowing to influence but anyways so um so that was very uh that, that was it, it spoke it spoke volumes it spoke volumes to me and it really touched my heart so let me get back on topic y'all let us stop pointing the fingers at the white man those who are white those who are hispanic joining us thank you uh i am very very objective in, in my my perspective i would like to say Speaking with the utmost humility, these are the the, uh, the views and opinions of myself and myself alone. Jeremiah with minor to major. Let us stop pointing the fingers at the white man and do the work to clean up our own community. Stop blaming the system because some somewhere out there, if we continue to blame and we start crying, because somewhere out there, right around the corner next door, right there in front of you, in your own home, there is a boy with a bunch of negative influence around him, 
and not enough positive role models. Mother is struggling to get his attention, speak, uh, put him in the right direction, speak life into his, his future and get him to focus on making better decisions. And, and there we have it. Our mess, our spilled milk, our spilled milk is just getting bigger, it's getting worse. Because we are too busy focus on why is she single in the first place? Why is the father not in his life? And how the system is getting uh, setting up uh, that little boy up to fail. So my name is Jeremiah with Minor Major and I am my brother's keeper. The day I can retire uh, to knocking on doors, I can retire. This is my day job now. This is this is what I do, my community engagement. So I'm retired because my bills are getting paid for. I'm living the lifestyle that I want maintained. The day I can retire, I will be knocking on doors in lower income communities, asking parents in, to assist in raising their children. I want to help you raise your kids because it takes a village. It takes a tribe to raise our children. I'll be a happier man if I could do that. To young, to that young boy out there, that teenager out there, I don't know you, but I love you. I don't know your hood and what they represent, but I love you. You don't have to understand why right now, but know that you have folks out here fighting to make you successful in your own right. Whatever your success looks like, we're fighting to make that happen because uh, the slaves in, in 17 and the 1800s prayed for a better life and a future for their grandchildren. For me, they prayed for you and I to be able to have success in this country, in this world, in our own right. We as adults are in a unique position to save our children from modern day slavery. But we must teach them the rules of engagement to succeed in this game. What are you willing to sacrifice, moms and dads out there, community leaders, with every advancement of, of a people, of a country, comes great sacrifice? Are you willing to put your job on the line, your livelihood, to make a better life for your children, your grandchildren, or the, the kids, or your people in the community? Are you willing to give up the lifestyle that you desire, you always dreamed of, to pour into the kids of this community? I am. You may not be willing to give up these big sacrifices, but there are people out here who are fighting hard to keep your kids safe and out of prison, whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not. And these passions and desires have been anointed by a much higher power than you or I can explain. Charles Wilson said each one must teach for it. I say to whom much is given, much is required. Shout out to Eli Whitney, Christmas Adams, Denmark Vesey. Denmark Vesey. Denmark Vesey. Denmark Vesey. A freed slave, Google that. A freed slave who was, uh, what was he? He was organizing, he was, he was planning, he was inciting what was referred to a major slave revolt in 1822. He and several other uh, people, blacks, were executed by hanging. Uh, more than 32 that were in cahoots were, were, were trying to get this, this, uh, this revolt going. 
They were about 13 or 14 days away. No, he was hung on uh, the second, and they were planning to do uh, put all their the revolt, put the plan into action on the 14th. So what is that? 12 days away uh, from uh, executing or putting into work the plan uh, they had uh, to free slaves from the South. He was executed by by hanging. And their efforts to save other enslaved Africans who were born in America to slavery. What are you willing to give up for this cause? Denmark Fest. Minor to major. Helping people turn their minor setbacks into major comebacks. And it starts with a mindset. Mindset. You change the mindset. You impact the mindset. You change the behaviors. You change the behaviors. You ultimately change the cultural values of a people. Minority mindset. 